The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Transmitting from WebmasterRadio.fm, World Headquarters in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Get ready to tap into the minds of the founding fathers of SEO. Rocket, rocket to the next generation of search engine optimization 3.0 with traffic that will put your website into a head-on collision. Decades of combined SEO expertise give their take on the world of SEO and give you free expert advice with their weekly site clinic. Now, here are the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of search, the SEO, SEO rock stars. All right. Welcome, everyone. It's September 6, 2011. Uh, this is the, when we were pre-recording this podcast. We're also doing it live, so hopefully you can join us on the chat room. Uh, as the intro says, we have decades of experience. Uh, this is Chris Boggs. Uh, I'm Director of Search and Media Thought Leadership at Rosetta, and I'm also President of Sempo, and I'm the host of SEO Rockstars. Uh, my co-host today, the guy with the real decades, uh, Darren Bavin, is on unfortunately unavailable, but were he here and we had our guests with us, we might be able to say we have centuries of experience because we're really lucky today to have with us Eric Ward, um, who's been known uh, for years as uh, some people call him the grandfather of linking. I prefer to call him the godfather of linking because then it's, uh, you know, less of a... uh, you know, an, uh, sort of an insinuation that he's old, because I think he's probably younger than me. But anyway, Eric Ward is with us, who is uh, amazing and great, and I'm really happy to have him on. Eric, welcome. Thank you, Chris. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I, li- I like, um, yeah, the grandfather of links makes me feel like I should be um, typing with, you know, a, uh, uh, with arthritic fingers. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I like uh, the godfather, or what did uh, Chris Sherman, what did uh, Link Moses I'll take Link Moses any day. Yeah, Link Moses works well, that's for sure. Uh, um, So, Link Moses, why don't you just give, if there's anyone out there that doesn't really know your background, you want to give us a quick intro uh, as to who you are and how long you've been doing it? Sure. I I think I requested my first link for a website all the way back at the very end of 1993. I wasn't even in business for myself yet. It was for a University of Tennessee in Knoxville while I was in graduate school. Uh, prior to that, I had worked in advertising, sales, and marketing. Company I worked for went under and um, went back to grad school right when the web was blossoming, 93, 94. It was online when the first ver- uh, graphical web browser was debuted, Mark Andreessen, Netscape's great-great-great-grandmother, Mosaic. Um, started in the evenings with my own, uh, what I called a web publicity and awareness building service in 1994. And through a fluke, happened to discover an online marketing discussion list that had people on it from all over the country. None of us really knew each other. We were just a bunch of people trying to figure out what the web was going to be. And one of the guys on that list was a guy named Jeff Bezos. So the night that I actually announced to the list that I ran this little company in Knoxville that helped new websites get links and attention, uh, he emailed me back and said, hey, I've got this idea for an online bookstore. It's just a handful of us in my garage right now. Would you like to be the publicist for our launch? And to make a long story short, that's kind of where Jeff would have been successful regardless of who he hired to launch Amazon.com books. But I'm glad he picked me because I have ridden that horse as long as it can be ridden. And that's kind of where I got my start. And ever since... I've remained 
primarily, I call myself a content publicist and a link-building realist because my approach has never been about trying to scam the engines. Mine is all a merit-based kind of you have a website and you have the links it can naturally uh, uh, pl- uh, um, ex- expect to obtain and, and get and helping clients understand how to maximize and create linking strategies that are sustainable, not just, hey, we rank first at Google this month and we're going to get blown up by Panda next month. Hey, that's great. And, and, you know, I think that over the years, you and other people, practitioners are sort of doing it, you know, the right white hat ethical way have constantly been proven right as Google rolls out new updates to the algorithms, as Bing invents new algorithms. Uh, typically, you know, um, the, the basics, the core tenets of SEO, if done properly and done, I would really relate the way you do things to sort of a public relations style, uh, and it's really served you well. I, I know that I, I was on a panel with you way back in 2004, 2005 at SES. Um, you know, you were pitching at then, at that point, some really groundbreaking things and some groundbreaking ideas in terms of how to leverage a PR style to, uh, you know, to, to sort of help to drive uh, links that are so important for organic ranking. Um, today we're going to be actually covering off on a specific topic that's on a lot of people's minds, especially SEO's minds. Uh, but over the past months, uh, Google has been rolling out some updates to its algorithm. Uh, these updates were known as Farmer for a little bit and, and Panda. It seems like Panda has really kind of taken over as the primary name for this update. Uh, why don't you... Um, well, let's, I mean, we've talked about Panda before on SEO Rockstars, and I think, you know, obviously given your expertise uh, with the link building side of things, uh, we thought we could chat through today uh, about, you know, some of the ways that Panda seems to be affecting uh, tactical uh, strategy, uh, you know, tactical strategy making uh, from from an SEO and, and a linking perspective. Um, why don't you talk to me? I know that we chatted briefly before. Uh, I think you brought out a great point about you know the way the pan has been rolling out, and uh, let me know what you think about that. Well, I, I, I know that for I bet you for every listener we have that curses Panda, you know, we probably have a listener that loves Panda. In other words, Panda had a lot of winners and a lot of losers. It's just that the losers, I think, were a little bit more vocal, and it seems like their story, you didn't hear any story. There, there were very few stories on the front page of the newspaper that's like, we used to be on page three, now we're on page one. We didn't do anything. Uh, you know, all the stories were, oh, my God, our rankings just got blown up, cursed, that cursed Google. But... Um, I guess my position on it, and uh, I know people call me a Google Kool-Aid drinker, but you know, I'm a, I definitely feel that you know, my, my approach to this is I'm on the side of the search engines, and a lot of that is very personal in nature. When I do a search on the web, uh, I want my results to be something I can trust. I don't want to burn. I don't want to waste a bunch of my time on stuff that has been SEO'd to death that doesn't really solve the uh, the problem I had that when I started doing my search. So, Panda. I think the the main thing about Panda that I've noticed. Specifically, I've had um, I've had zero clients that I had when Panda started affected. What I've ended up getting though is panic emails from people who all of a sudden think that there's some sort of miracle that can take place to get them their rankings right back. And the reality is that's not the case. I mean, it's not like uh, um, this really isn't an algorithmic update or a uh, like. Some of the big ones like Florida or Vince or Mayday or some of the named updates we've had, this was very much like a, a really a tweak to the way Google scores pages that they have already crawled. 
and it rolled out in waves. The first was several months ago, and each of those waves, the best way to say it is, um, it, they were intended to like wash, or maybe if you, I hate to say the word cleanse, cleanse the web of a specific kind of content that Google didn't feel was helpful for ranking. You know, um, so really what Google was trying to do was just go after quickly created content, automated, create, uh, automatically created content, poorly written pages, you know, filled with typos or improper grammar, often link-infested pages, you know, that um, you'll see on the article directories, a bunch of how-to sites, uh, link farms, even repetitive product pages. So I think one of the things is a lot of people think Panda is some sort of new algorithm, but it isn't. It's just a, a ranking factor for what Google already had within its index. That's that's a great point, and, and I think, uh, you know, you're exactly right. I mean, this is nothing like Florida. Um, you know, uh, there, there's been some great resources out there and studies on how Panda's, uh, you know, what Panda is and how it's been done. Uh, I'll drop a little love for uh, the my friend Jim Boykin over at uh, Internet Marketing Ninjas, formerly We Build Pages, uh, but there's a great set of resources over there kind of about how, um, you know, how it's trained, uh, re like, like Eric said, uh, this isn't really an algorithm update. It's just a way, it's a new way to look at the content already within the index and sort of filter it uh, for quality. Uh, and, and this is really, it's an important thing because uh, the idea is that Google's taking a, a small set of humans uh, to sort of set what is quality and what isn't quality and trying to teach a machine to then be able to replicate uh, that sort of a quality type of uh, uh, testing tactic. Now, a lot of people have focused focused in on content, Eric, and as you mentioned, that, that is what it is, but tell me, how can Google, in your opinion, how could they also be looking at the inbound linking pattern to help to determine what is quality and what isn't? I know you already touched on it a little bit, but to me, that seems to be a really good way that if you were to try to teach a machine something, uh, that you could maybe have it look for certain flags or something like that. Is, is that do you agree that that's part of uh, sort of how they they've retrained this algorithm a little bit? Well, I think, uh, um, I think it's definitely, I think what's true is that when Google um, comes across a page and decides from, uh, with the Panda, if you want to call it the Panda flag or a Panda score, uh, the, the sites that Google decides are of low quality, well, those are, are those pages on a site that are of low quality. Well, those pages are also typically filled with links. So, as Google devalues those pages, the other thing that happens that nobody really talks about is the links on those pages end up devalued too, meaning whatever they were pointing to. If, that's, if the site that they were pointing to had a higher ranking, its ranking could very much take a huge hit. Why? Well, it still has the links it always did. It's just that the pages on which those links existed no longer have the credibility in Google's eyes that they did. So not only is Panda blowing up the content, but the links within that, within that uh, poor quality content are having less of an effect. Now, the second, the second value to Google there is there is a certain type or classification, if you will, or, or this whole subculture of the link schemers that are most commonly discovered or found within that kind of lowest, lower quality content. And when you start to notice a pattern, when you start to recognize that there are various and certain verticals that regularly, overwhelmingly appear over and over and over on, the, on those crappy lower quality pages, that then starts to also then help help you recognize or discover patterns 
in content that might not be necessarily already flagged as a low-quality panda site. In other words, sometimes I think people are too clever for their own good. As they try to scam their way up the rankings, they also end up possibly tipping their hand on what they're up to. And now Google, just like an IRS auditor, can pay much closer attention to all of their links. And I think that's what you want to avoid. Um, and I love that you mentioned Boy- Jim Boykin. I love Jim. Um, in fact, um, I love that he's, you know, the way he goes about things now. One could argue that Jim helped bring Panda about from the old days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. And, and so I don't think you went all the way as to say it, Eric, but tell me, do you think that as a result of this uh, new quality rating and, and getting a bunch of content that really now falls out of favor with Google, they could blanketly look at that content and look for patterns in the inbound links and then take that as a, hey, these types of inbound links, we should probably devalue in general, or we should look for specific domains that seem to be selling links, or we should look for domains that have a lot of non-relevant links, and then actually going about and, and then going and, and sort of taking the next step and maybe devaluing the links from either those domains or the types of links that they're finding? Sure, sure. L- look at it. Let's like use an example. Let's say a site has a thousand inbound, had a thousand inbound links before Panda's first wave rolled out. Let's say that according to the Panda scoring of the pages on which there were a thousand different pages, unique, unique uh, TLDs, unique domain links from unique domains or unique URLs, and there's a thousand of them. And let's say Panda decides that 960 of them are low quality and get flagged as such. Well, what are the what does that say about a site if 96% of its links existed on pages that Google has just scored as low quality? What why does that site have such a high perc- why is that site having why can that site only get links from that caliber, that low quality of content? And the remainder of its links, that 4% or whatever it would be, why don't we study that a little bit closer because we didn't flag that as Panda uh, as low quality, but this site, when a site starts to show a tendency, a pattern, um, a profile, that it only seems to attract or uh, earn links from sites that are nailed by something like Panda, I think that's when the aha moment comes for Google where they're like, aha, wait a minute here. Uh, we're starting to notice a trend that there are certain t- types of sites within sp- certain verticals that show up more frequently on, sc- on sites we have scored low on, uh, on, uh, that scored low on Panda or high on Panda, depending on how you, you want to look at it. And I think that's the secondary benefit there is that Google actually ends up being able to discover other linking patterns based upon what they learn from Panda. Okay, and, and that's some great insight. Uh, you know, keep, keep in mind what Eric just said there. He's talking at a side level. A lot of times SEOs, uh, and, and rightfully so, should be thinking at a page level. Uh, but there is something kind of that people are starting to talk about with a site being panified. But before we get to that, I want to actually take a break because uh, we've got to get a word from our sponsors. And then we'll be back shortly uh, with our guest today, Eric Ward from ericward.com. So, SEO Rockstars. We'll be right back. You're listening to the SEO Rockstars exclusively on WebmasterRadio.fm.
Ascend into new heights of ranking and revenue with a search engine friendly online shopping cart that's ready for liftoff. Introducing Ascender Cart. Ascender Cart optimizes your shopping cart with easy to use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular reports in just a click. Prepare to launch your shopping cart to the top of the search engines with Ascender Cart. Learn more about what Ascender Cart can do for you at AscenderCart.com. A-S-C-E-N-D-E-R-C-A-R-T.com. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know they're SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Now, let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO Rockstars, exclusively on WebmasterRadio.fm. All righty. Welcome back, everyone, to WebmasterRadio.fm's SEO Rockstars. This is your host, Chris Boggs. Unfortunately, my co-host, Darren Babin, cannot make it today. He's out somewhere ruling the world. But we do have Eric Ward of ericward.com, who is the Moses, the godfather, the granddaddy, whatever you want to call him, but he's been doing linking longer than anyone. I can tell you that right now. You can't, you can't, you can come into the chat room and try to tell me you've been doing linking longer than Eric Ward, and I'm just not going to believe you. Um, so anyway, Eric, thanks to, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, if you are uh, here with us live on nine six twenty eleven, uh, please do drop in the chat room and uh, ask a question. Uh, we had just, or I just hinted that we were going to talk about page level versus site level. Eric, when we chatted earlier, uh, you provided me a great, uh, what I felt was great insight about uh, sort of how pandified, this idea of becoming pandified, is more site level than, than page level, or is it? Um, I think that we saw that there were certain, in, in the uh, aftermath of it, there were a lot of people on blogs who were writing about who were the big winners and who are the big losers in terms of page views, traffic. So 
um, we saw a number of sites take a big hit, but it's not like their entire domain vanished from Google's rankings. In other words, uh, yeah, Google is analyzing pages on a URL at the URL level. In other words, you could have a page on your site that could end up not um, not reaching a high enough score for for Google to feel it reaches you know it has the quality it wants to sh show when it's indexed. But you could have another page on your same domain that does. Um, I think there were a number of sites. I think eHow was one of them. I think some of the really crappier article directories just got destroyed, and frankly, I'm glad they did. But I think there are also some sites that have some very strong – eHow has got some fantastic content, and maybe they had some that wasn't as great. So I think that, that Panda was rolled out. I, I think it was a page-by-page -page level, but most people talk about it. Oh, man, that domain sure took a hit. It, its traffic is down X percent. Well, that means that traffic to specific pages is basically now gone because it's not in the search results. Results uh, for Google. Um, to, to, uh, Google's decided not to show it in the results anymore. Okay, okay. So tell me, uh, and, and this is actually, uh, let, let's just jump in. There's a question in the chat room from Brian Donovan, um, which is really, uh, let's make sure that's kind of panda related, but it's kind of a general question. I think that, that everyone would love to hear the answer from Eric Ward on this one. Um, what is the good descriptor for quality pages to target for links? I mean, it used to be PageRank, uh, and, and some people say that MozRank is a good one. Um, and, and he asks, is there something that he should use, or is it better just to go through the site on his own and run it through the Google 22 questions? Uh, what, what's it, it has your general stance on what to maybe, uh, you know, maybe you have a top three things that you look for, Eric, that you'd care to share with us, uh, but what is it that you're, that you're looking for um, well, when, um, when you're targeting for I, links? I don't, um, I do have the Google toolbar installed. Um, I do not believe in letting PageRank um, or really any sort of metric um, kind of ultimately, ultimately it comes down to my gut. I do use whatever various tools are at, uh, out there, but mostly it's to confirm something that I already believe to be so. Uh, um, you had mentioned, uh, no, I, I do some work as the chief leg evangelist over at AdGuru um, on a tool called Link Insight. And I've got all of the various metrics that I've worked on myself over the years involved in that tool. You know, and uh, I, have, I still have my own proprietary tools that I use myself. Um, I, like, I love what Rand's done with, you know, with Linkscape. I, I think the, uh, you know, the, I guess the, uh, the big three players there would be, uh, you know, you've got uh, Link Insight, Linkscape, or OpenSight Explorer, and you've got Majestic. I think that each of those tools out there that add some sort of scoring over, overlay or, or scoring metric on top of them, I think everybody's trying to have some sort of proxy for PageRank, and I think that's where, unfortunately, some of the, the mistakes get made, and here's why. Um, I'm working on a project this week, and I've requested links from many PageRank 0 and PageRank 1 sites. Um, now, no, I'm sorry, not sites, pages. And the other thing about, uh, and most people, like, they're shocked when they hear this, like, what do you mean, PageRank? Why would you want a link from a PageRank 0 site? Well, it depends completely upon the vertical that I'm working within. I mean, the more narrow, the more narrow in scope any topic, the less likely it is that pages within that vertical will have a high page rank. You know, Chris, I mean, um, you know, my, uh, um, my kids are into animals, and we watch, you know, Animal Planet all the time. Somewhere out there on the planet is an, the world's foremost expert on koala bears and transporting koala bears from one zoo to another. 
or releasing a koala bear in the wild. Well, why would there be PageRank 8 sites about that topic? There wouldn't be. There might be a PageRank 1 or 2, but within that vertical, you could say, well, that's almost analogous, or if you will, you could say that's similar to like a PageRank 8 in a more popular topic, you know, like baseball, football, or, or whatever, uh, entertainment. So really, I don't like the PageRank metric because I think what happens is People look at that, or any metric that, ha- that tries to score literally billions and billions of web pages on any kind of scale, uh, uh, um, you know, logarithmic or, or whatever, or, or a scale from zero to whatever. How can you pigeonhole content like that? The other thing for me has always been, um, you know, sometimes an example is the be- is a, tell anybody listening if you got a, you know, a web browser up, do a search on the phrase endangered species, and look and see that the federal government's site about the endangered species program at, a page rank, at an insanely high page rank on a .gov domain is outranked by a page rank for .com site. Now, wait a minute. There's your proof right there that page rank and search rank, I think we all know that, page rank and search rank are not lockstep uh, uh, in, in go in order. But when you see that, I think it forces people to really t- take a step back and say, well, then what do I value? And for me, you know, it's, it's pretty much... I've done this and looked at so many sites over so many years that I will look at who is the owner of this content and what it was their intent for why they went on the web. I asked the Google question, would this site have launched had there never been a Google? In other words, is this site here purely for SEO-related uh, um, impact or effect, or is this a legitimate business that having a page rank one is probably exactly what it should have, but it's exactly on topic for my particular client's needs or subject matter, so I could care less if it's a one or a nine. I think that also high pay, uh, higher rank sites with higher page rank right on the shoulders of page rank ones. You know, those legitimate sites out there in the nooks and crannies of the web that are totally legit, not trying to scam anybody, created by passionate content creators that won't have high page rank, because why would they? They're about really narrow topics. Yeah, great point. And, and uh, yeah, the, you know, the page rank chasers and so forth, uh, I, I thought we had kind of jettisoned most of those from the industry uh, over the past couple of years, but there's certainly still, you know, people that want to look for some sort of tangible, even if it's more of a guideline type of metric. Uh, but tell me, so, you know, and, and, and Eric, you know, I, I, I don't mean to be rude or whatever, but, you know, you and, and Jill Whalen uh, have a similar kind of line in saying, hey, if you build it, they'll come. If you just do it the right way, they'll come. But to some people that are in very competitive spaces and they see, uh, you know, the top sites that are out there that have 100,000 links or more or at least in the tens of thousands of links, what do you say to them in terms of getting that scale? Is it something that they need the scale for? Because you know, I think, and I've heard people being frustrated with, because I've said the same thing, like, just don't worry, build it, you know, build content for the user. My SEO headache uh, guy in the chat room says the same thing, you know, recommend optimizing for human beings more than search engines. There's a lot of us that do that, but still when it comes to, you know, to really, to the fight, uh, those, those people that only have maybe 10, 20, 30, 40 pages on, uh, and, and maybe that example of this uh, transporting the koala is a good example because maybe that's not that deep of a site and that doesn't, doesn't have ten thousands of links. But what do you say to those people that really see, especially when they're looking at competitive analysis, that all the top sites just seem to have pure volume when it comes to links? Um, I, 
I do. Uh, um, I don't know that I'd say I completely agree with that idea that if you build it, they will come. I mean, I would say that if you build it and it's about koala bear transport, they probably will come or find it sooner or later. Right. But, if you have a website that's about selling concert tickets and you expect to build it and they will come, you're going to go out of business. In other words, uh, I'm, I've seen, I've been at it long enough to recognize that there are certain verticals, and I have conversations with clients where um, I have to say some really harsh things. You know, like um, you're, you are going to have to push the envelope here if you in this niche because you're competing in a niche where others are pushing it and not being caught. I, I mean, I'm not oblivious to that. So what I try to do with clients is is help them to know what what their risk tolerance is and and go into it with their eyes open so that if they are going to push the envelope and pursue some sort of linking strategies that might um, that other that, that you might uh, get in trouble for or there's that potential for that that you at least know this going in and have some contingency plans so that the day if the day of reckoning does come that uh, you're prepared for it i mean we've even seen though with uh, big brands and penalties for pretty heinous link building activities that the penalties don't seem to really be permanent it's it's not like i mean if there is such thing as a search engine jail apparently there's a get out of jail not free but there's a get out of jail pretty darn quick card um so okay. I, uh, I, uh, as for the, your question about the scalability of link building when you're talking about sheer quantity um i do believe uh, based on my own research that yes you can there there are multiple ways to rank you can rank by getting 5 or 50 or 500,000 marginal crappy links you know links that are just average and just by sheer quantity alone you can rank now that also is if within your competitive vertical none of the sites that you're competing against have taken those steps to get those truly absolutely insanely credible links. In other words, I know from experience, and I, and I don't, I don't want to give a client name away, but a very famous print brand that many of us know, and, and um, back in the uh, 80s, uh, 70s and 80s, my parents used a little magazine to see what was on television. Um, they did not rank for their key term after, only, after less than 30 inbounds. Uh, uh, new inbounds acquired from, in this particular case, university, what's on TV tonight, here's your local TV listings, and here's a link to find uh, more listings. It took less than 30 links when they had a, an overall link graph that was over 100,000 deep. With 30 links, they jumped from position six to position one, and they've never budged. So wow. I, my experience has been that you can rank a number of different ways. There is no perfect way. I guess if there's a perfect way to rank, the perfect way to rank is that you get links that you never that can never be panda uh, uh, a, a a panda type of uh, um, score would never affect because they are so, so incredibly trustworthy. But the reality is there are certain sites that can't get those kind of links. They just they're not to be had. And I appreciate that they got to do what they got to do. That's where I just try to help people maybe understand what their options are um, in a worst case scenario. Well, you know, thank you for sharing that, and I, you know, I hope that everyone listened to that. And don't forget that this podcast will be available uh, before. Uh, I'm going to ask Eric, you know, just for a last couple comments and points. But let's take one more break uh, before we finish off. Uh, this is SEO Rockstars, and we have Eric Ward with us today. Uh, we'll be right back.
You're listening to the SEO Rockstars, exclusively on webmasterradio.fm. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. As you know, being an expert at f- What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f- Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f- performance to the next level the language of course we're talking about managing facebook ads on aquizio oh buy track manage optimize and report on media across all major ad networks visit aquizio.com to get a demo today aquizio search social display one platform all celebrity voices are impersonated example number 21 of dialogue you will never find in our chat room. Hello, chat room. Look to your browser. Now back to me. Now back to your browser. Now back to me. Look down. Back up. I'm now sending you a JPEG to your keyboard. Me. The JPEG is now a flash banner. Everything is possible when you pay me to manage SEO for your website. I'm in a Ferrari. Need we say more? The WebmasterRadio.fm chat room. Live in real time every day. Click on the chat tab from our homepage. Radio's Virtual Autobahn. WebmasterRadio.fm. Moving at the speed of light. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars exclusively on webmasterradio.fm. All right, welcome back, everyone. We're just getting ready to wrap up here. Uh, this is Chris Boggs, your host, and I've got Eric Ward with me, who has been uh, gracious enough to give us some great insight about the sort of Panda, uh, the link side of Panda. Um, so, Eric, when we talked about it earlier, you mentioned a couple things to do about it. I think we should wrap up with some some good uh, – I mean, you've already given us some great advice and great things to think about. But t- tell me what do you think. Uh, you know, how do we get rid of uh, Google thinking that our pages are too shallow? Well, some of the stuff is just, um, in, in my opinion, comically obvious. You know, if you are – if you are outsourcing your content creation to people whose native language is not English, you better really run the spell checker uh, uh, carefully. <laughs> um, I mean, we, I, I get e- I got email this morning from somebody selling me trying to sell me a link building package, and they, and, they, and, they, and it, the the quality of the writing, the the caliber of the of the of the, uh, it's it's horrible. I mean, it's one of those things where um, if you don't invest in uh, the 
make the effort to actually hire somebody with a passion for the creation of content, then don't be surprised when, when Google, uh, if, somebody, if, if an engine blows it up. Um, sometimes sites may be better off having less content that's deeper or more in-depth about a subject than going so wide. I mean, in, in some ways, it's like, I know that Wikipedia, a lot of people have a love-hate with them, but man, it's like, there's a reason that Wikipedia ranks no matter what search you do, whether you do a search on, on a, I mean, what, do a search on any term, and you're going to get Wikipedia in there. You know, koala bear, Ireland, football. You know, it doesn't matter. You're going to get Wikipedia in there. Why? Well, each of those pages is definitely not shallow. Um, you look through there, and you can tell that somebody has spent some time uh, vetting uh, 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 who, who knows what they're doing. Um, so in, in some instances, I, you know, I, I, I say, well, look at what Wikipedia does. Look at the types of formats that they use in their content. Look at the types of things they link to, and more importantly, don't link to. Um, that's not to say that everybody can survive the, the panda, uh, um, you know, the, the, the panda uh, scrubbing, if you will. I mean, so, uh, as hard as it is to say, there are some sites that it might be better off if they would just go away. Then there's other sites, frankly, that just need to be reorganized better, that just need to be edited better, that maybe need somebody to come on. Good grief, hire a grad student that's a journalist and bring them in and, and, and really go over your content and, and um, put your Google hat on and decide, you know, would you want this in your engine results? Um, it's tough, I know, and, and it's, it, I wish I could give that perfect answer that says here's exactly how to solve the problem. Um, so but, what uh, kind um, of link should people pursue um, or not pursue? Well, uh, I don't want to put anybody out of business, and I don't want to get any hate mail, but I think any strategy you can automate or buy software and put on, and install on your machine, you know, uh, uh, it, that, and that, that claims to be able to do anything automatically while you sleep, you know, anything that spins new, it takes a, a thousand words of content and spins 50 different versions of it in 100 word chunks, you are going to get caught. You're going to get discovered. It's not that hard. I mean, I was a C student in college. You know, I went back to grad school and did better then. But I always say to myself, Google's got hundreds of PhDs in computer science. They're smarter than me. And do you really want to fight that fight? Do you really think you can, uh, that you can outsmart them? You know, my, uh, I've studied these backlink profile. I've studied millions of links now for years. I've looked, I've poured over spreadsheets, and I can start to see what Google sees. And it, it really, sometimes it really can be foolish to think that you're going to fool them. Um, and one other thing I would say, and I don't want to, I don't want to, um, you know, come across too promotional, but I finally ended up taking my Link Moses blog private. You know, I, I, I publish a private tips, advice, and link opportunity alert newsletter for just a, a couple bucks now because what's happening is I think the best talent is going, the best SEO talent, uh, in my opinion, I'm noticing that the real media advice that does work is starting to go away. I mean, because there's been no shortage of people who have been perfectly willing to throw up a website and say, here's how you get number one rankings at Google. You use this software and this software and you get this. I mean, the, the, the stuff that's no longer working is, leaving, is also having an effect on SEO firms that were using tactics that created that crap. In other words, I'll bet you that a lot of businesses that are vanishing are businesses that were selling the snake oil and selling the junk, meaning that there is an ever-shrinking pool of, real, of people who really know how this game is played and needs to be played, and what I'm seeing is the really valuable info is starting to go dark. It's starting to go private. 
Great point. I mean, you should always be looking for references and, and even use Google, uh, you know, to, to verify people that you're going to work with. Uh, you know, Eric, you've been great. Uh, really thank you a lot for uh, all the information. I hope that everyone got a lot out of it. Uh, today has been September 6, 2011, when we originally recorded this. So maybe uh, in six months or so, we can come back and look at this again, Eric, and see uh, if anything else has changed and what else you might have learned uh, uh, you know, along the ways. And uh, so thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate it. I've got several hundred articles at ericward.com on all on extremely ethical uh, uh, white hat kind of link building. Uh, and, um, you know, it's, it can be controversial sometimes. Um, also, check out AdGuru. Link Insight is uh, going to be doing some very wickedly cool things uh, in, the, in the near future. And I'm here, uh, as always, doing consulting, helping people, training, teaching, uh, link building boot camps. And uh, uh, from uh, soggy Knoxville, Tennessee, I really appreciate you having me on the show. Hey, awesome, Eric, and I look forward to seeing you at SES Chicago uh, this fall. Yeah, uh, everyone, this has months. been Chris Boggs. This is the SEO Rockstars. Uh, we'll see you next time, hopefully with Darren Babin, my co-host.